Hello and welcome to another episode of This Week in Crypto. My name is Craig Cobb. I'm the founder of TraderCobb.com and I'm your host. I hope you've had a fantastic week. It has certainly been a very interesting one for the crypto markets with the bulls returning for a day and then the bears slapping them back down to ground in a vicious manner. But what's going on with the news? What have we seen this week? Well, we're going to jump across the CNBC to start things off and with the uh, the biggest man in crypto, arguably, which is uh, the man, the myth, the man behind Binance. Yes, it is CZ, who has now, well, Binance, I should say, has now become the first big European nation to grant crypto giant Binance regulatory approval. So, as we know, Binance now has approval. I believe it is in the UAE as well as now in France, among other places. And it appears that they have taken the regulatory stance uh, very seriously. Whereas at one stage, Binance were very proud to not have really any central headquarters. They are now m- working much more closely with, with regulators to keep the Binance behemoth moving forward. I read from the article, Binance has been granted approval from regulators to operate its cryptocurrency exchange in France. The company is now listed as a registered digital asset service provider by the French stock market watchdog AMF, enabling it to offer trading and custody services for Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies. So as you can hear, a more positive news for Binance there and obviously a bit of an opening up with the French to uh, allow these types of things to take place and be regulated. A good step in the right direction. I read from the article again. Binance has no official headquarters and once took pride in this fact, but the company is now seeking to make peace with regulators after a backlash last year from authorities in numerous countries, including the UK, Italy, Singapore, sorry, and Singapore. CZ, Binance's CEO and founder, told CNBC last month that the company plans to establish its European base in Paris. Now, here's the interesting part, all right? So we know that uh, money and promise of jobs and this sort of stuff, and I mean, especially here in Australia with an election coming up, it's all about jobs and growth and blah, 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 uh, which is, I guess, what it should be. I say blah, 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 because it's, it just seems like it's on a repeat uh, every time these people talk, same sort of things. Interesting to see what led up to the French making this deci- decision. And I'll read this from the article so you can take your own snap of what you think this means. Zhao gave a keynote at a crypto industry event in Paris last month to debut a new accelerator program for so-called Web3 startups. The firm also committed to invest 100 million euros into the country. So a bit of $100 million into France. That's a good start. Binance's billionaire CEO described France as very progressive in adopting crypto. In our interactions with them, they are far more advanced in their understanding, and they're also much more progressive in their attitudes, he told CNBC. France is a very strict regulator, but they have the advanced understandings to go with that. So will the French now allowing this to go ahead with Binance moving into their country, will this start to lead the way for other countries that might be having a bit more of a difficult stance or understanding for blockchain, digital assets and cryptocurrency? Only time will tell, but Binance and CZ at the forefront once again when we come to the regulatory side and a quick turnaround from where they were about a year ago in relation to regulation. Now on to the Los Angeles Times. Cryptography pioneer Silvio McCarley on where crypto is headed. Now just to give you a bit of a heads up on this guy, because I've got to be honest, until I saw this article, I didn't have a clue who this man is, 
at all or what he has done. So I've got a little highlighted section here that I'll read so you can understand where he comes from and what his pedigree is. Some 40 years ago, Silvio Micali and his colleague Shafi Goldwasser, well, why have they got to have such difficult names to pronounce? Sorry, guys. I wanted to figure out how to play poker together on their phones. They needed a way to ensure neither could know the other player's hands. The two computer science graduate students at UC Berkeley drew up what McCulley calls the first secure encryption scheme in the world, sorry, the world has ever seen. For their invention, which proved vital to the modern internet, they were awarded the AM Turing Award, considered computing's equivalent of the Nobel Prize. So there you go. This is somebody, or two somebodies, but this, this gentleman, McCulley, uh exclusively has certainly got a bit of pedigree there. They've won a... Ex- Exclusive award and have done some great things for the internet. So this is why I'm interested in his opinion and what he's doing. Now, uh, in this article, it's it's a it's basically a PR stunt for Algorand. Okay, Algorand. So just a heads up that I haven't got got everything in here because it's a lot of it's about I wouldn't say shilling, but it's definitely in favour and a lot of talk of Algorand. But I will read this section: an announcement at Milken Conference that Algo Algorand will partner with FIFA, the governing body of world soccer, drove up price of its algo coin, making it the 30th largest cryptocurrency on Coinbase on Tuesday, with a $4.5 billion market cap. Of course, Bitcoins is $725 billion. So big news there for algo, uh, being involved in the world governing soccer body. I wonder how corrupt they have to become to do that. I'm just joking. I'm talking about lots of other things that have happened in that governing body over the last decade or so. Just a little joke and an elbow in the side, especially for that fella, Sepp Blatter. You loser. Anyway, moving on from here, there's a lot of questions back and forth. Um, again, very Algorand hat heavy on that. Uh, this is the bit that I really, <clears throat> really wanted to get to, though. The question came in and said, what do you see 10 years down the road? The answer here is this. The moment the blockchain starts to be used for transactions, the few, the few blockchains that are really capable of transacting at a very low cost, they're going to emerge, in my opinion. When traditional finance starts getting on the blockchain, you're going to see the blockchains that are really used in a massive and transactional way are going to accelerate. And a few store of values like Bitcoin will maybe stay. Now, that's very interesting. And I'm sure that that will send a lot of the Bitcoin maxis heads to a point of probably exploding. So please don't read this if you are a Bitcoin maxi. Your head may explode and that would make a mess. And I don't want that for you. But what he's saying is that the Bitcoin may still stick around. Now, whilst uh, you know I've got to pay my respect to a gentleman such as Mr. McHale, uh, of course, he's a very intelligent man, having done a lot of very good things in his life, very intelligent things in his life. However, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure he's right about the low-cost transaction speed is going to help those networks to grow, but will Bitcoin maybe stay? It's going to take a big shift, I'd say, from where we are right now to have people to consider that maybe Bitcoin won't. I don't think it will be a shift that will have it happen instantly. I think we'll have plenty of warning if Bitcoin is not to maintain itself as a store of value based on the internet. Now, he's asked to give an example on certain things here. Again, it was very algo heavy, but uh, what I want to do here is I just sort of take you through a bit of an understanding for a couple of things here when it comes to settlement of equities and whatnot. And this is leaning back into a section of this article for which he had suggested that um, the speeding up of times and transactions uh, for institutional players and big businesses and henceforth why he wants to see low transaction costs uh, and high speeds. So if you look at stocks, 
right? Stocks have a settlement time of T plus two. T is the time when you buy a stock and two is the number of days after which the transaction settles. That is two days of waiting for a transaction to settle. How slow. We settle our blockchain transactions in 4.4 seconds today and at the end of Q2 in four seconds and at the end of Q3 in 2.5 seconds. That's an enormous difference. So it's going to make business much more efficient. It means you're going to have settlement done a lot quicker and this is one of definitely one of the key functions and features of blockchain technology. The final question here that I will read to you. The future is hard to predict and any person signing onto a Coinbase account for the first time would be bewildered by all the investable cryptocurrencies. What single piece of advice would you give a newbie? I really believe that you have to invest in what you understand, but nobody can say you have to understand the technology. No more than you have to understand how a plane flight works to take a plane, but you have to ask some very basic questions. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is a full turn right back around to what I've been saying for a long time, and I'm sure that you are also aware of, is that you need to be aware of what you're doing. If it sounds too good to be too true, it probably is. And everything should be built from a basis of first understanding what it is that you're doing or investing in. If it takes you longer to get to that point of comfort, that's absolutely fine. Don't rush it. It's very, very important. Okay, on to Cointelegraph now. Gucci, the latest luxury brand to accept crypto payments in store. Now, people have been asking, why are these luxury brands so quick to get on uh, with blockchain and digital assets and cryptocurrency payments? The reason being, I think, is that, is that they're very aware that people, especially in crypto, like to look very flashy. Yes, you see when you go to these events, the Frank Mueller, Mueller watches, Hublots, Rolex, you see all sorts of fancy things. You see shoes that are made out of bright red, uh, you know, like sprigs, like spikes, and you see all sorts of strange fashion. Of course, all of this fashion is really there to show, look how rich I am. Look at how rich I am. And, and that's fine. I've got no beef with people that want to you know, express themselves through the art of dressing yourself in extraordinarily expensive items of clothing. I've got no beef with that. I don't have any labels. I just wear plain stuff. But I'm 38 years old and don't really care. <laughs> um, so yeah, I can see absolutely why Gucci and other brands have uh, essentially opened their arms up to cryptocurrency payments because it's another stream of income. People are going to want to buy this type of stuff. A lot of people in the crypto space have millions in digital assets, but not a great deal in the bank. And that's the way they like to have it. So with Gucci now accepting in some of their stores, uh, it really is going to see their sales increase, I would imagine. Same with Lamborghini, Tesla, all these other companies that have started to accept cryptocurrency payments. Now, i read from this article. Now, the Italian high-end fashion label Gucci has announced it will, be, it will begin accepting cryptocurrency payments by the end of the month in five of its United States stores with plans to extend the service to all of its 111 stores in North America. Of course, like I said, it just means more accessible, uh, sorry, more accessibility for people that have the money. And as it states here, crypto is luxury. Now, this is not a big, uh, a huge article by any stretch of the imagination. Crypto is luxury, it says. High-end brands have been jumping into the crypto and Web3 space. In March, the fashion label Off-White started accepting payment with six cryptos in its flagship stores in Paris, Milan, and London. I don't know what Off-White is. I'm assuming it's a high-end brand. LVMH's luxury watch brand Hublot released a limited edition collection that could only 
be purchased using Bitcoin. More recently, the brand partnered with Cold Wallet provided Ledger to launch a limited edition Watch and Legend Nano X in February. So we are once again seeing these premium brands starting to really not just experiment with digital assets, Web3, accepting payments, but they're pushing pretty hard on it. And that's a really good sign. It's a really good sign because the only reason a business of this size, this magnitude, would consider doing something like this is because, well, they see that it's going to work well in their favor. Digital assets are not going anywhere. Cryptocurrency is not going anywhere. I mean, it's going to go up, it's going to go down, it's going to go sideways. That's what we will definitely do. But will it vanish from the face of the earth? I can't see that happening. And it's nice to see support from big brands like Gucci and different players like this accepting this into their ecosystem. Don't forget there's a considerable amount of technology that they will need to invest in and implement, which also means a significant amount of training to their staff. It is not a small undertaking for a company with 111 stores in North America to simply go forward and take crypto as payment. It's a very big investment into the future and again, showing the crypto has a future in my eyes. Crypto regulation may help drive growth in poorer areas. Now, please understand that this is a BBC article. They are talking specifically about the southwest of the country in England. And I'll read, the southwest is perfectly positioned to benefit from plans to regulate cryptocurrency, an expert has claimed. Chancellor Rishi Sunak recently announced his intention to make the UK a global hub for crypto. The move could spread wealth to areas like parts of the southwest that have lacked investment, crypto entrepreneur Herbert Sim has said. Academic Chris Carr, academic Chris Carr, academic Chris Carr, said he was doubtful this would happen. Academics, they're great. They are very good at what they do in their academic leads and professions. Leave it at that. Okay, so the distribution of well, this is a very large, large, large article. And again, I just want to highlight a couple of the areas because look, to be absolutely honest, a lot of this, a lot of this article appears to just be a PR stunt for a couple of people, okay? Uh, them getting their names into the BBC, this sort of thing. It, that's really what it looks like. So I'm not going to go through all of the article itself because I don't think there's any need to. There is a section here that says Chinese crackdown for which I'll read in quotes. Uh, with China's crackdown on Bitcoin and the crypto mines, which use vast quantities of power to create new blockchain through vast computer networks, we already see the shift of Bitcoin from China to the USA and Canada. And again, this is something that the global community uh, is looking at in the sense that, you know, someone says, no, you cannot do Bitcoin mining here or you cannot, you know, trade Bitcoin or whatever it may be in this area. Well, what does it do? It's like the roots go underneath the ground through the oceans and they pop up over here. It can't be stopped. And what we're seeing now across nations is we are seeing countries start to look at that and go, well, what piece of the pie do we want to get? I've been hearing a lot of different things about different crypto hubs. Of course, we've seen the UAE and Dubai in particular really rolling out the red carpet. We've seen a lot of growth in Austin, Texas there as well, a huge mining boom over there, and uh, various other parts of the world really trying to create this crypto hub. It's sort of like a Silicon Valley, but for cryptocurrency, and we're seeing spots pop up all over the place. Developing nations such as El Salvador and India are racing towards embracing Bitcoin and leapfrogging past first world countries. That all requires a highly skilled and tech-savvy workforce with all the universe, sorry, with all the universities and existing tech companies in the UK and the Southwest. It is ideally suited to capitalise on that opportunity. What they're trying to do is bring jobs into the area, bring investment into the area. But let's make one thing very clear: it is still England. <laughs> it is still going to be raining a lot. It is still going to be bloody cold, and you're going to have to like football or soccer.
We'll see how they go. A paradigm shift coming towards gaming now in this section of the article. He believes that gaming, sorry, he believes this gaming mechanism is only going to explode and grow exponentially, with more and more brands jumping onto the bandwagon as the investors and gamers flood in. University of West England lecturer Xiangzong Lu agrees that crypto could further stimulate the area's economy. Now, of course, we're talking about the um, play-to-earn side of gaming. Again, investment into the technology, investment into those businesses, and of course, then the outpouring, uh, or sorry, the payment that will go out to these players, as we've seen with Axie Infinity taking over the Philippines in a very, very big way. This does definitely, in my view, have a future. The southwest of England, go get it. Currently, the University of Bristol and UWE both offer degrees in fintech, so have students familiar with the sector, blockchain programming and international banking and finance law. But Dr. Carr, a lecturer at the University of Exeter, is not convinced that any of this would help spread wealth despite some crypto proponents wishing to do so. He said that while remote working could benefit the Southwest, the knock-on effect could be that jobs are then outsourced abroad. And he has a very good point here. A lot of this is about working from home, okay, working from a remote place, being able to not have to go to a central port of call, so to speak. Now, what that does is it opens up cheaper labor elsewhere. If you're going to try and hire somebody in the southwest of England, in the UK, in a Western world like that, you're going to pay a lot of money for it. If you were to go and take that same uh, position and potentially go and get a programmer from India or the Philippines or any of a number of other technology emerging countries, you'll probably be able to do it for far, far cheaper. So I think that Mr. Carr here has a very good point. Will it be good for the southwest of England or will it not? Only time will tell, but we'll cross our fingers and our toes and hope that good things come of it. Okay, the final sec- step here. Uh, in this week in crypto is about protecting yourself against crypto scams. Yes, every week we do bring you a piece of information or news to remind those of you or to introduce those that are new to the channel and into the industry that you are going to have to be relatively intelligent here to make sure that you don't get scammed or have a fraud pulled over you. So tips to protecting yourself against cryptocurrency scams. The first thing that comes up on this article is where to buy. Now, of course, this is probably an article that has been sponsored. It says Crypto.com, Coinbase, Kraken, Voyager, and then even through Venmo. If you see a website that is too good to be... So here's some of the common things, okay? If you see a website with too good to be true trade deals or prices, <coughs> excuse me, they probably are too good to be true. Focus on reputable verified websites like the ones above and carefully research any trading medium that you are unfamiliar with before making a purchase. That's obviously very, very important. However, I say obvious, but I also will suggest this. FOMO is a very, very dangerous thing. And FOMO can make you make decisions that you feel like you've got to make it right now and you might make some mistakes. So take your time. On to phishing next, as in P-H-I-S-H-I-N-G, not the phishing that I like to do. Now, within the context, and I'm reading here, within the context of the cryptocurrency industry, phishing scams target information pertaining to online wallets. Specifically, scammers are interested in crypto wallet private keys, which are the keys required to access funds within the wallet. Their method of working is like that of many standard scams. They send an email leading holders to a a specially created website that asks them to enter private key information. When the hackers have acquired this information, they can steal the cryptocurrency contained in those wallets. So, bottom line important piece of information here. 
Never give your private keys to anyone. I think I find myself saying that every single week, but it can't hurt because repetition can be very good for the soul. So do not ever put your private keys in anywhere unless it is through the verifiable process through your cold storage wallet if you are now looking to recover it. Be very careful at all times because they will take your money. If anyone is asking you for your private keys, 100% they're trying to rob you. So do not give your private keys out. Another area to be careful of is spoofing or spoofing. I think we'll go with spoofing. Um, so spoofing is where a website will try and impersonate another website. You may be trying to make a trade on crypto.com, but actually be on a website with a similar but incorrect URL. Ensure to check the URL of every website you trade on. You should also make sure that there is a lock icon in the left of your search bar. This icon means you are on a secure website. Again, I spoke about this last week in the sense that what I suggest that you do is that you have, once you've found the websites for which you have signed up for your account, when you sign up for your account and you've verified the website is in fact correct, go and bookmark those pages. Go and bookmark those platforms that you're using because that will therefore then take you straight back boop, to the correct website as opposed to just typing it into Google, for example. It may send you to a spoofing or phishing type site. So be careful with that. And that's a way to get around it by saving those bookmarks. Fake ICOs. Okay, so we know we've heard about ICOs. They're a massive thing of 2017's bull run. They were a massive thing of the last bull run going through the end of 2020, or sorry, through 2021. And uh, yes, we can make a lot of money through getting into a project early doors. But there is also a lot of scams in that space as well. I read from the article, although some of the ICOs have yielded massive returns for investors, various others have turned out to be frauds. In fact, you can say that scams related to ICOs are the black sheep of the crypto asset industry, and these sheep are pretty diverse. They will find many ways to take you for a ride. Make sure you're looking at projects that are legitimate with legitimate people behind them. Do your research through LinkedIn and various other forms where you can look at the name and see if those people are legitimate. Also make sure that the business makes sense, that things make sense, and that you're working with some reputable people. Now, how do you do that? That's up to you, but a bit of research and digging around is going to make you feel a lot more comfortable. Second to that, never put all your wealth or all your investment into one basket. I don't care how bullish you are. It's a silly thing to do because if that goes to zero, so too does your portfolio. Blackmail. Well, yes, we have seen this before. I have been blackmailed. I have had... Uh, people that wanted to extort Bitcoin from me and put up signs around my hometown suggesting that I was a uh, basically a pedophile. And I went to the police and I spent three hours there and the police were about as much help as tits on a bull and uh, never heard back from them and I started harassing the police to try and get answers. So I guess the moral of the story is when it comes to blackmail, the police don't give two shits about you. They won't do squat. My police force certainly didn't and it's unfortunately really put a stain on my respect for the police. Blackmailing is when somebody gets a hold of some information or they decide they're going to release something um, most likely. Well, it could be truthful uh, if, in, if they do it in a way that you have done something, but uh, more often than not, they are just threatening you and that's what the blackmail is. They're saying, send this amount of Bitcoin to this address and I will not do this. Very easy to trust somebody who's just telling that they're going to go out and lie about you to ruin your name and your image. So be careful of blackmail. I ended up ignoring it. The problem went away. We took care of things and that was that. 
Keep yourself safe. Regularly educate yourself regarding cryptocurrency scams and how to avoid them. And if you keep on tuning in, liking and subscribing and you're having your notifications on each week in the news, you are going to get snippets like this, which is continually educating you on these scams. And that's the reason why we do it. People are finding new ways every day to attempt to commit theft on your currency, your money, or your personal information. While this may sound frightening, it doesn't need to be when you stay educated and take the necessary precautions to protect your blockchain currency. Be careful at all costs at all times. And finally, the last little bit here to keep yourself safe is take your time. A good rule with any new crypto purchase or trade is to take your time to ensure that it is safe. While it's already been said, if they're trying to rush you, they are trying to scam you, anything that is new or unfamiliar, spend the time to research and discuss the opportunity with someone you trust, especially when it's in regard to something like an ICO. Always remember to breathe, take your time, enjoy the process, and good luck out there. Stay safe, okay? This has been this week's edition of This Week in Crypto. I hope the market does bounce back. Even if it doesn't, let's short the crap out of it and make our money on the way down. And if you want to learn how to make money when the markets go up, down, or sideways, more so up or down, then I suggest you go across to my website. All the links are in the description below. TraderCobb.com and at least jump on the free Become a Trader course to bring you up to speed with market structure. I wish you have a fantastic week and I will speak to you again this time next week. Bye for now.